It's a sound synonymous with celebration and childhood nostalgia. Guy Fawkes, first celebrated to mark a foiled plot to blow up the UK's parliament on November the 5th, 1605, has come and gone for another year. But it hasn't really gone. If you had half an ear out over the weekend, fireworks season is still going strong. Kia ora, I'm Alex Ashton and this is The Detail. Today is the party over for fireworks. In many places, Guy Fawkes this year didn't go so well. Three days into the annual fireworks sale and already fire and emergency has racked up dozens of call-outs, including to fireworks being shot out of moving cars. Mongarei, Mount Wellington and Mongafo, Mount Eden, were lit up with flames last night after two fireworks incidents. And actually, if we look back at last year... Firefighters say last night was the busiest Guy Fawkes since 2012. And the year before... Parents whose children were burned at a... Christchurch fireworks display say spectators should have been kept further away. Six people taken to hospital. You probably heard it on the news. And while a lot of people love lighting fireworks... Been around ever since we were kids, you know, and to have that sport for all the next generations down, you know, not to experience it would be sad. Many others don't. A petition to ban the sale of fireworks to the public has gathered almost 25,000 signatures, with organisers wanting Guy Fawkes celebrations restricted to public displays organised by councils. And that's one of three petitions calling for a ban that saw the issue head to a select committee. If people can't obey the rules and they can't, then, yeah, nanny state must prevail. Let's have a bit of nanny state. Let's have the fun police come in. That's Cathy Casey, one of those Auckland councillors who spoke at the Select Committee, who we'll hear from soon. The fun police should back off. I've got incredibly good memories of doing this with my family. It's good, wholesome family fun. So are the naysayers just, as Simon Bridges suggests, a bunch of fun police out to spoil a good time? And is none other than our own Prime Minister moonlighting as a fun police officer? I'm just going to give a personal view here. As a kid, I loved it. As an adult, it's a pain in the butt. That was back in 2017, and Jacinda Ardern wasn't a fireworks fan this year either, saying it sounded like a war zone at her place. But she wasn't the only one kept up by the banks. I'm Associate Professor Louise Humpage. I work in sociology at the University of Auckland. Um, And most of my research is actually around social policy, so Indigenous affairs policy, welfare reform, uh, refugee policy and resettlement, those, those kinds of things. Amazing, but we're not here to talk about any of that. We're going, <laughs> no. We're here to talk about fireworks. So yeah. where were you the other night when you were thinking about this? Take me through, how was well, Guy Fawkes for you? Well, Guy Fawkes night was a very long night for me. I have a almost two-year-old dog, um, and so I spent most of the evening trying to, to comfort her. Um, so, you know, I guess obviously that's a very personal experience of, of being quite inconvenienced uh, by, by fireworks, but it really got me thinking, I guess, about the broader kind of policy implications. Um, and, um, yeah, I had quite a lot of time to do that because I couldn't sleep um, because the fireworks were, were going off till very, very late in my area. Frustrated as she was lying in bed awake, Louise did some research. In your letter, which is actually written straight to the Prime Minister herself, (laughs) (laughs) dear Jacinda Ardern, it starts, uh, you really make four main points Mm, as to why you think they should be banned. Let's go through them, with Mm -hmm. the first being, it looks like, fireworks are dangerous. Mm -hmm. How are fireworks dangerous? Yeah, so there are, I mean, obviously the obvious 
you know, impact of being hit by a firework, you know, that's, and there are, um, although it is a declining number of, of ACC cases, um, I believe it was 4,000 over, over the last decade, that's quite a lot of people being being hurt. Uh, that doesn't count, of course, animals and, and uh, you know, other beings, trees we might include, um, that, are, that are being affected. Um, and so being a kind of policy expert, what started me thinking was, well, yeah, but what's the cost of this? I mean, obviously the personal cost to somebody who's injured. Um, and um, it's interesting that the, the Scottish Parliament have done quite a lot of research on this, and they found that bystanders were just as likely to be injured as, as those who were actually putting fireworks up into the air oh, really? so this isn't you know just silly kids hurting themselves this is silly kids or adults hurting other people um but yeah thinking about the costs of that so you know acc we know is already a very costly thing many of these people will be going through our public kind of public health system wouldn't we want to be spending money in more um I'm not sure if useful is the right word, but, you know, ways that actually are helping people, I don't know, have cancer drugs that we can't currently afford or deal with, you know, life-threatening diseases. Unavoidable. Unavoidable things as opposed to things that we could prevent. But also we need to think about the injuries to firefighters um, who are, you know, inhaling smoke, who are putting their lives at risk. Um, And as we've seen in Auckland this year, a number, well, not just Auckland, but I live in Auckland, so I'm you know, they're most relevant in my mind, some really pretty big fires this year. Um, And I I read somewhere that, in fact, one endangered a house. So, you know, this isn't just a bit of a field getting burnt, but actually threatening, threatening people's lives. Reason two, the environment. This was something I didn't know, but my little bit of research um, kind of uh, led me to discover that the, the kinds of chemicals and, and metals and things that are in it, actually in fireworks don't just disappear in a couple of days after we've, we've you know, popped our bangers, um, but rather actually stay in the soil. Um, the smoke and the various uh, kind of pollutants can actually stick around in the waterways for quite a long time if they get into the waterways. Um, if a dog or another animal ingests some of the, the stuff, that can be particularly bad for them and you know might kill them later on, not just on fireworks night because they're, they're scared. Um, so that's something I hadn't kind of really considered. Um, and of course there's the burning down of trees and things that... That, that environmental yeah. side that way too. Yeah. Exactly. Reason number three, what Louise calls the social cost. Well, this was because I was lying there (laughs) wide awake. Uh, And then, of course, the next day being quite grumpy um, because I don't cope well if I if I don't sleep um, and I was thinking well if you multiply this by say you know even 50% of the Auckland population of those who hadn't been able to sleep well that night um, you know obviously relationships become strained certainly my partner doesn't doesn't particularly respond well when I'm grumpy. Um, you know, you've got the the productivity of work diminishing. Um, certainly I felt like a zombie for pretty much three or four days. Just from that um, lack of sleep? Yeah, yeah. And and getting up in the middle of the night, um, often to let the dog out or to let her at least go and pee and then kind of come back in. And, yeah, just thinking about the, the kind of, I guess, the broader strains that has. Now, obviously this is something that happens, you know, once a year. 
But it isn't just that one night. This actually goes on, as I'm sure you're aware, for at least two or three weeks. People hoard their fireworks. Then we have them, you know, sometimes at Christmas or Diwali or other kind Birthday of... Birthday party in yeah, February. Exactly. And, yeah. um, and so if you're kind of spreading that over, even just over a two or three week period, I mean, there's increasing research showing, you know, the, the negative impacts that's, that lack of sleep has on you, you know, actually has a really long-term impact. So I was lying there contemplating how my life was shortening because of <laughs> the lack of sleep. Um, so, yeah, that was, I, I guess, being a sociologist, I was thinking, well, you know, this isn't just about just environmental costs or, or the kind of obvious injuries, but actually there's a broader kind of social cost to having something like this happening kind of each year. And the fourth reason she wants a ban on private sales of fireworks was that actually there's in growing um, evidence that people don't want uh, private sales of, of fireworks. Um, so I think it was three petitions that have been started this year. I hadn't really realised, but when I went back through and you know did did the Google search, found that actually multiple uh, years, you know, going back for for you know quite a few years, um, that happens. You know, each each year these petitions get started, lots of people sign them and then nothing has happened. Um, So I started thinking about, I guess, the democratic cost of here's something that large proportions of people appear to disagree with, Um, and I think the Auckland Council found that actually 89% of people polled around this issue um, disagreed with fireworks. It's been a busy time for Stephen Cove, the director of fireworks importer Boom Brothers. He's been selling fireworks for about eight years. It represents, I think, a, a Kiwi tradition that has... Um, that we have grown up with um, through generations. It's like, well, actually, many people are choosing not to buy your products, so that doesn't seem to be a very strong uh, argument. But Mr Cove does have a point. Fireworks is a tradition. I remember doing it as a kid at home on the driveway each year. You might too. So are the anti-private firework brigade just wowsers? Do you consider yourself a party pooper? <laughs> well, people who know me might say yes, but... <laughs> um, no, to me this isn't... I mean, you know, again, I want to distinguish between the personal stuff, lying there feeling grumpy because I'm not sleeping, um, and what I've tried to do, and I tried to do that night, thinking about this as a kind of serious policy issue, is, a, is I guess, about the broader societal kind of costs and, and, and benefits. And to me, I don't see an awful lot of benefit out of people individually in their backyards throwing a few crackers out. Um, I think if you were thinking about uh, creating a kind of fun celebratory atmosphere, that would be much more the case in a public event where you've got no music and other things kind of going on. So, you know, I'm not against fun. I'm just against, uh, I guess, having a very individualised policy around this, which means that you've got people who do not know what they're doing (laughs) with quite a dangerous um, object um, not thinking about other people. going to be an end to fireworks as you know it, as we know it, as I know it. Two Auckland City Councillors uh, will present their notice of motion to the rest of the council today to lobby the government to ban the private sale of fireworks throughout New Zealand. One of those councillors is Auckland's Cathy Casey. I met her at a reserve in her patch, Mount Roskill, where she was walking her dog. And so from, from next year, um, what, they're closing off the maunga over Guy Fawkes now. That's What's right. That change? Two big scrub fires on Auckland's volcanic cones are the last straw for the authority overseeing them, which has banned people from accessing the maunga during the four days fireworks are on sale.
We've got great plans for the restoration of these maunga. And, and they're sacred places. They are places to be cherished, places to be respected. And if we put up a sign, which we did do, saying no fireworks, then there's no fireworks up there. And whatever idiot decided to go up on, on these maunga and set fireworks off... Um, then they, they, they desecrated a really sacred place and that mustn't happen again. So I, I fully understand the authorities' ban on people for the fireworks season. The trouble is, the season is all year round. It's people stockpile, so you've got four days to buy them. You buy them, you keep them for the birthday or the family party or whatever. And so that's... I don't know how we police the fireworks season. When does the fireworks season start and end? What power does the council have... Guy Fawkes night, you come down where we are, the Allenwood Reserve, and there's a couple of people sitting around and lighting fireworks. How can that be policed? Who has authority Well, first of all, there has to be a complaint made. Somebody has to say, too noisy, don't like it, come and take them away. And that's really what would happen, that the complaint would go into the council, the the, the, um, compliance officer would turn up, and usually by the time that the officer turns up, the person who let off the fireworks has moved on, but, you know, noise complaints come into the council, but we cannot have... We, we don't have any authority. We're not police. We, can, we have no authority in private places where a lot of the calls come in because somebody in the backyard of the next house has been letting off fireworks at 2am or whatever. So in this situation, yes, we can take action by confiscation and a warning or whatever, but, you know, Auckland is a huge place and, and we, we cannot cope with this. Multiple councils around the country have banned them in public places and there are growing calls for private sales to be stopped altogether. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Who knows what happened on the 5th of November? Who knows who Guy Fawkes even was? You know, it's time we grew up as a nation and celebrated the things that really matter to us. The Auckland Council came together and unanimously formed the opinion that they should be banned outright. That's right. Take me through that decision. Sure. Was so, it hard to get that across the line? Or? It took a year. It took a year. So in April 2018, Fun and I, Fethel Collins and I, brought a notice of motion to the council asking for, for um, advocacy to enact a ban. And my colleagues, being a bit conservative, said we'd rather ask the public of Auckland first. So we did that. It went out with the Public Safety and Nuisance Bylaw as a separate question. And as I said, we got 8,000 submissions on fireworks, compared to about 1,200 for the bylaw itself. So fireworks really fired people up. And it was overwhelming. Overwhelming. There was very, very few in opposition. The people that were in opposition saying keep them, what were they saying? Well, they're the ones who import or make the fireworks. So it's, you know, I can't speak for them. They, they have a vested interest in maintaining this, um, this retail sale, obviously. But you weren't, hearing from a, you weren't hearing from a lot of people saying keep them because we like lighting them in our backyard. Oh, look, I heard that on Talkback. And, you know, that is a view. But as far as I'm concerned, too much injury and distress to both people and to animals and property fires. And if we just go back to what happened in Auckland in the last two or three weeks, uh, I think... Even people who were sitting on the fence on this have come down in favour of, ba- of a ban with, with the result of the fires on Mungafau and Mungari. It was, tri- it was heartbreaking. Local group Friends of Mungafau has been looking after the mountain for close to three decades. Its chairman, Sal Arbuckle, says there has long been mischief on the mountain, but it's sad to be closing the summit at Guy Fawkes. It's the usual situation that the actions of a few impinge on the many. And 
probably there were a lot of people who'd like to just go up the hill on Dive Forks to watch the fireworks around the city. And it wasn't just the fires on the Maunga causing headaches. Another idiot let off fireworks at the Murawai Gannet Colony, causing a bushfire there for the fire service to attend. And the other incident happened. And it's just a small one, but in, in a community like Waiheke, it was huge. And that was a nesting doctrine on a beach, Hook's Beach. Um, wasn't seen again after Guy Fawkes because some idiot let, let off fireworks, which they're not supposed to, on the beach near a nesting doctrine. And, you know, that's an endangered species and it's much loved. So, altogether, uh, I'm in no doubt now that people who maybe had reservations about the ban are now firmly in the ban camp. And the minister and the government is completely out of touch with the public mood on this. Which minister? Oh, it's Minister Parker, the elusive Minister Parker. I've been trying to see Minister Parker since April last year because we were mandated to go and advocate, so obviously we want to go to the top. So I think there's... My record is 17 communications with the minister's office. Sorry to say this publicly, but in actual fact, I don't think he wants to see me. That's the kind of message he's giving me. He said in one of his um, responses, or at least from his staff, that he'd like to see what happened at the local government conference. So let me tell you about that. So we got the remit from the Auckland Council to... Um, to to push for a ban advocate. on behalf of the that's council. Right, yeah. That's right. So we took a remit to the local government conference. Now, lots of remits go to the conference and lots of remits fail at the conference, but this one passed by 64%. And what does that mean if a remit passes at it that It means conference? it becomes a policy of local government New Zealand. And that's what happened. So it was a robust debate. There was very little dissent, actually, very little dissent. That meant that when we went to Wellington on behalf of Auckland Council, local government New Zealand was the next submitter up and basically said, you know, don't send it back to us. The councils are telling you it's your baby, you need to enact the ban. We've done everything we can and we need your help. So what is the appetite for a ban among the people with the power to do it? Fireworks rules fall under David Parker as Environment Minister. Uh, Thank you, Mr Speaker. My question is to the Minister for the Environment. What action, if any, has he taken following local government New Zealand's call for legislative change to ban the retail sale of fireworks? Uh, Mr Speaker, the Honourable David Parker. In 2007, the firework regulations were tightened. The evidence shows that this was successful in sharply reducing the number of fireworks-related injuries. Fire-related incidents vary from year to year, but the overall trend is also down, even more so on a population basis. I have not seen evidence uh, warranting further regulation at this stage. However, we're, as always, open to listening to the evidence. I further note that there are divided views around this issue uh, around New Zealand. I know that the Auckland Council favours more restrictions, but I would note that they and other larger cities can have public firework displays that are not available in rural areas, and we've got to govern for all of the country. Do you feel more confident after hearing what you heard in Wellington and after speaking in Wellington that fireworks will be banned? I do, actually, because at the end of all the, um, you know, after SAFE and after SPCA and after the vets came the fireworks manufacturers, and they were the Boom Brothers and Bad Boy Fireworks, as I recall. And I listened very carefully to what they had to say. And what's very clear is they have a financial... They've got a financial interest in this. And so their arguments were pretty see-through, really, I mean, I think. And what, what were the arguments? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and paraphrase, but some of the things that disappointed me were that you can train your animals. Well, 
Can you train gannets? Can you train the doctoral? Can you train? Can you train a, a nervous dog? Stephen Cove isn't convinced by the opposition. Those petitions and those surveys uh, are largely skewed, and that's simply because um, those that uh, dislike something always have a louder voice. He says public displays are costly and doesn't believe they'll be funded by councils across the country. I think that if fireworks are used responsibly and, and to the instructions uh, that are on each firework, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have... Um, you know, I wouldn't say we wouldn't have no problems, but we, wouldn't, we would have less problems. If people didn't like fireworks, I wouldn't have a business and neither would any of my competitors. We're sitting here, it's green, it's beautiful, there's space, there's lots of bush. How worried are you for spaces like this each time Guy Fawkes comes around? What's been proven, this Guy Fawkes, is that people can't be trusted, so it's, everything's at risk of idiots. It's not just idiots who do it intentionally, but idiots who have accidents with their fireworks. So at the moment you cannot do this. You cannot come to this park with your fireworks. And we know from the waste bins in all our parks that people do. They, they let them off on the beaches, they let them off in the parks. And the only ones we hear about are where there's a fire. The Select Committee is now deciding what it will recommend to government. Whether the government follows that, though, is another thing altogether. That's the detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. Thanks to Kathy Casey and Dr Louise Humbage. Kakite Ano.